Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. Ask A-S-K at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. You know, Doug, right before uh, we got on the air, I saw this uh, news article, uh, pretty incredible. Decorated police officer who won seven life-saving awards dies after intentionally veering in front of an out-of-control driver. A driver was driving in the northbound lane on the highway going southbound, and uh, in order to stop him from potentially hurting or killing others, he put his life on the line and veered in front of him and ended up dying from it. Um, pretty pretty crazy. It happened in Tampa, I think, today. I just wow. saw the headline for it today. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, you know, the uh, – yeah, the uh, – there you go. I'm sorry. We're having a little sound problem. Uh by the way, glad to see you uh, yeah. again. You were a SWAT today. Uh, you know, I was, just to be really uh, candid with you, I was disturbed by the video you sent me. Oh, yeah. You know, um, you sent me a video of a pastor. In quotes. Yeah, yeah, I say that in quotes. Uh, he calls himself a pastor. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just taken back by it. Uh, this this is where critical race theory leads. Uh, there's two classes of people. They're they're oppressed, and there's oppressors. Mm-hmm. There's those in power, and those who are powerless. And you know when you go to the scriptures, Jesus didn't address those classes of people. He addressed two classes. There were those that were his sheep, and those who weren't. Mm-hmm. And I just want to play for our listeners, Steve. I'm going to try to play it through this video. I mean, through this uh, microphone here. So I, I just want our listeners to hear where critical race theory takes you. Listen to this pastor and what he's saying. Okay, this is this is. Did you know that there's a part of the Gospel of Mark where Jesus uses a racial slur? In Mark chapter 7, there's the account of the Seraphonician woman, a woman who is Syrian and Greek, both of which there were strong biases against within the Jewish community. And she comes to ask Jesus to heal her daughter who's possessed by a demon. And what is Jesus's response? He says, it's not good for me to give the children's food, meaning the children of Israel's food, to dogs. He calls her a dog. What's amazing about this account is that the woman doesn't back down. She speaks truth to power. She confronts Jesus and says, well, you can think that about me, but even dogs deserve the crumbs from the table. Her boldness and bravery to speak truth to power actually changes Jesus' mind. Jesus repents of his racism and extends healing to this woman's daughter. I love this story because it's a reminder that Jesus is human. He had prejudices and bias, and when confronted with it, he was willing to do his work. And this woman was willing to stand up and speak truth. Okay, that that is, first of all, blasphemous. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, I mean, to... To say that Jesus was a racist, 
and that he sinned. Yeah, I mean, like, like that that is beyond words for anybody who would call themselves a pastor to to say that Jesus was a racist and sinful when you know he he was on the cross and he said father forgive them they don't know what they're doing there there was nobody in human history more loving than mm-hmm. Jesus none there was nobody like him yeah and it's absolutely absurd, but that's where critical theory takes you, uh, and, yeah. and that's the problem with it. And that's that's what happens when your identity is not that you're a Christian, but your identity is something else. That pastor, quote unquote, is homosexual, and that's his primary identity, not that he's a Christ follower or anything like that. And so, uh, well, that along with woke theology has led him. He's a homosexual. Into yeah. <laughs> well, he's disqualified from being a pastor. I mean that well that that explains that. I mean like no wonder he's taking that. But people will see that video and and what they will do, Taylor, is they're going to go, "Wow, I never thought about that." Mm-hmm. Because it feeds into that narrative. That story had nothing to do with race or ethnic background. It had everything to do with the fact that This woman sought help from Messiah, and even when there was a barrier put up, she continued to have faith in him. And her faith was applauded, by the way, by Jesus, one of only two Gentiles there in that gospel where he applauded their faith over and above his own people group's faith, who should have had the faith. Mm -hmm. And so, but this is the problem, again, with critical theory. And again, for for people out there who are listening, don't get sucked into it. It is it is bringing down people within the body of Christ who were, uh, you know, th- there's no such thing as social justice. There's biblical justice. Mm-hmm. If something's wrong, it's wrong. If it's right, it's right. And we are to be people who speak the truth and who proclaim the truth and that primary truth above every other truth is that jesus came and died on a cross for people to be in right relationship with god and that's why you don't see jesus speaking to racial issues directly when he was on the earth you don't see him speaking directly to social justice issues how many people in fact last week we were talking about the healing of the lame man Mm-hmm. Jesus walked by that guy many times and didn't heal him. Why? Because that was not part of what God wanted to happen then. God had a plan for that man that was would happen later. And so we get so caught up in these issues as believers. Now listen, the world can get caught up in whatever they want to get caught up in. But as believers, our focus is to be on the gospel and and it's to be on things that we do as believers to help promote the gospel and and we do seek the welfare of our country but even that is secondary to the gospel doesn't yeah. mean we don't speak you know about things that may not be right i'm not saying we don't do that we can do that but but when you look at what jesus spent his time doing it was on seeking and saving the lost it was the lost, the people who were not in right relationship with God. So, um, you know, 
Yeah, and just with that, going back to the video, the way that it's framed there, instead of actually reading uh, through the passage, oh, she she spoke truth to power, blah blah blah. But well, that's a direct statement from like critical theory. Mm-hmm. But she the the what's noted is in her response is the humility there, and then Jesus again, he doesn't say, oh, you know, I'm sorry. He says, oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you as you desire. That's in a parallel passage in Matthew. But it, it to to take that in the most uh, you know bending it and twisting it towards your ideology or in other words, your religion is, you know, just an affront to the gospel. And I think that as Christians, we need to be uh, looking out for people who look to twist the scriptures to mean whatever they want it to mean. Well, and they do that. And, uh, and like I said, if this guy is a practicing uh, homosexual, he has no place to be a pastor. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, there, there's, he's, he's violated the qualifications of pastor, but right? you know, there are plenty of uh, denominations that, uh, allow that and that that, that look kind of you know are, are soft on homosexuality and allow them to be pastors in the church and, and and things of that nature and that's something that you're seeing you know in mainline denominations and more and more churches are falling falling prey to that you know and yeah I, hey I, two other quick news things taylor i want to get to for the break if we can i want to read that what i read in the swat thing today um but this was uh interesting this just came out uh, if I can find it, oh, I may have already lost it. I have so many, so many things. Mm-hmm. I'll just tell you, uh, Beth Moore, who mm-hmm. has been a very stalwart part of the Lifeway product line with mm-hmm. all her Bible studies, has parted ways with Lifeway. Mm-hmm. She can't do it anymore. And um, some say it's because she got woke. No, she definitely did. <laughs> and all the stuff. But that was a big, that was a big thing. She said that uh, she's lost uh, millions of dollars in contributions or product stuff or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't know. She she made some kind of statement like that in, in the article when talking about the the shift. Well, she definitely shifted away from the gospel and towards uh, you know woke theology for a, sure. A, a lot a lot of that stuff. Yeah, that that's she's one of many. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's a it's alarming some of the names of people who. Uh, I, I would I have never really considered her a, a, a real mm-hmm. s- strong theological person, although I thought she was OK. I just didn't think she was was great. But um, but there are some others that are really alarming. So, folks, if you don't know the Bible, if you don't know the Old Testament, the New Testament, and you're not aware of it, if you use your iPhone or your iPad to read the Bible all the time, uh, you better be careful because Apple, whoever the app makers are, a couple of switch flips is a switch, and like China, they can put only one version of the Bible on there. Yeah, you know, and and then you don't even have a physical copy. Get know what your physical Bible is, and get one before the the printing press starts to change. You know, what's Absolutely, yeah. wrote in the Bible as well. Yeah, uh, I, I yeah, we got thirty seconds, but I'll, I'll read that when we come back because I want to read that quote. It's a it's mind-boggling. Oh, yeah. It? It's, a, it's, a, it's a really good one. Um, but we will do that after the break. We'll be back with more after the break. Um, you can download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. 
That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is Brother by Need to Breathe. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us during the first segment, we took some time to talk a little bit about the news of the day. We're going to actually read something uh, just kind of that goes along with the the culture and the pop culture that we've been talking about uh, that's relevant today that we didn't have time to get to in the first segment. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and we're, excuse me, we're going to go ahead and uh, get to that now. Okay. Um, But before I say this, again, I I just want to communicate to people that you have like a 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
they have to keep at any cost as their lives. They stopped hugging and greeting each other. They moved away from each other. They gave up social contact and everything that was human. Later, they ran out of money. They lost their jobs. But that was their choice because they were afraid for their very lives. That's why they quit their jobs without even having bread. They believed blindly everything they heard and they read in the papers. They gave up their freedoms. They didn't leave their homes literally anywhere. They stopped visiting family and friends. The whole world turned into such a concentration camp without forcing them into captivity. They just accepted everything just to live at least one more miserable day. And so living, they died every day. And that's how it was easy for me to take their miserable souls to hell. That was C.S. Lewis in 1942 in Old Devil's Letters to the Young. Hmm. Boy, it sure sounds a lot like today, doesn't it? Yeah. We have such fear. People, we cannot live in fear. We can't live in fear. Uh, Jesus came to give us freedom from fear. We don't have to worry about dying. We don't have to worry uh, about what tomorrow holds. We have to put God first and let him be on the throne where he is. He's on the throne. Whether you acknowledge it or not, that doesn't change anything. It's, It's like, and we talked about this yesterday, about what our version of the truth versus somebody else's version of the truth. Your version of the truth is immaterial if it's not really the truth. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And, you know, we're living in an age now that is absolutely absurd. And so as Christians, we have to be people that speak the truth. And this week we've been looking at Peter in Acts chapter 3, uh, and we've been looking at his his proclamation to the people after he healed a man who had been lame for 40 years. And we looked at his indictment yesterday of rejection, verses 12 to 18. And today we're going to look at his invitation for repentance. And I just want to remind you, if you're just tuning in, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. You can get more info by going to www.swatradio.com but SWAT is a weekly Bible study here in the Jacksonville area we meet in five locations those meeting locations are listed online and every week we, we're working through the book of Acts right now we're in Acts this week in the Bible studies on chapter 4 we always teach on air the week following the Bible studies what we covered in the Bible studies the week prior and so last week in the Bible studies we looked at Acts three twelve through 26 and how God calls us to respond to Messiah, who's Jesus of Nazareth. And he does that first in 12 through 18 by revealing the indictment. We look at how Peter laid out this incredible prosecutorial argument as a prosecutor against those people there in the temple by first of all reminding them of God's covenant name, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. And he used six descriptives for Jesus. He said that uh, the Messiah was was God's covenant child, Jesus of Nazareth, you murdered him. His name was Jesus, which means, it was Yeshua, which means salvation of, his, of the Lord. 
He's the holy one, talking about his character. He's the righteous one, talking about his behavior. He's the author of life, which talks about he was the one who gave us life and you killed him. And he's the one God raised from the dead. You couldn't kill him because he was God. And Peter laid all that out and said, you did this. You killed him. You delivered him. You denied him in front of Pilate. And and bringing the full weight to bear of their guilt on them. And he says, now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your rulers. And he says, but what God foretold by the mouth of the people, of the prophets, I mean, that his Christ his Christ would suffer. They did not get that. They thought that Christ was just going to come in and kick Rome out. And so he revealed that God foretold all of this in the Scripture. That's why we don't unhitch from the Old Testament, because it's all prophesied. All these things are there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that people don't read the Bible. Is that your issue? Is that my issue? No, that's their issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We don't stop telling people to read the Bible and, and expect them just because, you know, the Bible is our authority. It's my authority. It's Taylor's authority. If you're a believer, it's your authority. God instructs us through his word about his son. It's, and it says, by the foolishness of preaching, not by fancy arguments, not by having the right mood set, but we preach his word. That's what Peter does, and they feel conviction. And now today, he tells them how to respond, and he tells them to repent. And I'm going to have Taylor read verses 19 through 26, 19 through the end of the chapter, and reminding us of what happens when we accept his invitation. So, Taylor, go ahead and read that. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, The Lord will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you, And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. He wanted to bless you by turning you from your wickedness. So what does that say about people who want to trust God and have no life change as a result of trusting God? Are they really trusting God? Mm-hmm. Or are they just getting a fire insurance check yeah. in the block? See, it's not that you have to change for God to accept you. But when you receive him, you can't help but change because his spirit changes you. It conforms you to his image. Doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means the direction of your life changes. Your loyalties change from yourself to him. Oh, you're going to blow it. You're going to make mistakes like a little baby learning to walk. 
you're not just all of a sudden going to break into a full trot form. You're going to you're going to start off with some baby steps and then you're going to fall and you're going to get up. You keep falling, you keep getting up, but your loyalty is to him above yourself. That's the mark of God's people. And Peter says, "Repent. Turn again that your sins may be blotted out." So the first thing we see in verse 19 is that your sins are erased. That word blotted out means literally erased. It's like they never happened. How cool is that? Yeah. It's just like it never happened. And it, it's not just the sins that you committed yesterday, Taylor. It's the one that you spit today and the ones you commit tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They're just gone that they may be blotted out. So that's the first thing. Second thing is a time of refreshing. A time of refreshing. What does that mean? Does that mean like getting out of a shower? Is that what it's talking about? It's not really talking about that. It's talking about the kingdom of God. It's talking about God's kingdom coming, and and it's not a future event. It's where he is. See, in the Jewish concept, a king ruled where his will was obeyed. It wasn't just geographical. It was wherever his will was obeyed. And so Jesus said, the kingdom is among you right now. Mm -hmm. The kingdom is within you, right? What does he mean by that? Well, when you repent, he brings his Holy Spirit into you to baptize you, to change you from the inside out, and your allegiances change. It doesn't mean that your flesh doesn't cry out for things that it used to want. It used to do that we're rebellious against God. But what it means is inside you don't like that anymore and you want to change. You want him to change you and you want him to help you. And when we come back, we're going to explore what that means a little further, okay? All right, so make sure you stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Chucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. Excuse me. That's D-O-U-G at SWATradio.com. We'd also like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening at uh, listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you listening here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Radio. That was Austin French with Freedom Hymn. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 3, verses 12 through 26 this week. And today we're focusing on verses 19 through 26, which is the end of the chapter. Um, so if you missed any of that and would like to go back and listen, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Again, that's www.swatradio.com. And you can listen at the past programs link uh, in about an hour or so. This program will be up. But if you would like to listen 
to uh, any of the other programs throughout this week or before, uh, you can do that there. And uh, you can get recaught up, as I say, in about a week, uh, in about an hour. And you can also listen by searching uh, SWAT Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can download the SWAT app in the App Store and listen there as well. Hey, uh, we were talking about what happens when you repent. Peter gives this invitation in, um, in Acts chapter 3. After this message in verse 19, he says, repent. And turn, you know, repent, turn. To repent means you're going in one direction and you know you're going in the wrong direction. Repent doesn't mean being sorry for your sin. Pharaoh was sorry. Saul was sorry in the Mm -hmm. Old Testament, King Saul. It doesn't mean being sorry. It means knowing you're going one way and you don't want to go that way anymore. You want to go in the opposite direction. And you cry out to God. He empowers you to actually make that turn. And he said, the first thing is your sins are forgiven. They're blotted out. In the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the sins were just covered. They weren't erased. Now mm-hmm. they're erased. Um, and it says in verse 20 that times of refreshing may come. God's kingdom is going to come. The kingdom of God, Jesus said in Luke 17, is in the midst of you. Uh, that's his presence. He Notice he says, times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Jesus says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And what does that mean? Peace, holiness, comfort, justice, restoration. Justice doesn't come from social justice because we just physically decide to do it. It comes when God's people are allowed the spirit to lead them. And we focus on Jesus. Listen to what it says in Isaiah 11. This is talking about when he reigns. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the lion and the fatted calf together. And a little child shall lead them. So you have a child in there with lions and leopards. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, think about that. The cow and the bear will graze. Their young will lie down together. The lion will eat straw like an ox. You ever seen a lion eat a straw? They eat meat, man. Mm -hmm. The nursing child shall play over the hole of a cobra. Are you going to let? Nope. (laughs) <laughs> so you know where I'm going, don't you? You ain't going to let Salem put her hand in no cobra pit, uh-huh. are you? Why can that happen? That's because Messiah reigns. Do you know when those kind of things happen? Back in the garden, mm. before sin hit the world. When sin came into the world, all that changed. When sin came in the world, man became uh, uh, dead. Not just at that moment. But there was death in us. Mm-hmm. And it, like like from the murder of Cain, uh, where Cain killed Abel, until Jeffrey Dahmer or you pick Ted Bundy, it doesn't matter, Adolf Hitler, evil has rolled like a snowball throughout history. And whether it's ethnic prejudice, whether it's genocide, whether it's murdering babies in the womb it's all the same it's evil 
And the problem is not those things. The problem is the evil of our heart. Mm-hmm. And until we repent, that will not change. And so only Jesus is going to change somebody's heart. You can't make somebody stop being a racist or stop killing babies in the womb, but you can give them Jesus. Jesus can change them on a dime. I read an article today about a guy who, uh, he was a black man who reached out to a grand dragon of the KKK Mm. and reached out to him and just started a relationship with him and started talking to him and, and pretty soon that grand dragon of the KKK got said, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. And he gave that black man his, his outfit and said, here, take, I can't, I have no use for it anymore. But I, I promise you it was the love of Jesus flowing through that black man to that guy that changed him. That's the only thing that can change people. Every other change is temporary. Only Jesus transforms a heart. And he says, times of refreshing may come. He also says, verse 20, 21, that Messiah will come for you. He says that he may send the Christ, which is Messiah, appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Again, here Peter is referencing the Old Testament. So the question I have is Peter keeps referencing the Old Testament. If we detach from the Old Testament, how are we going to even know what he's talking about? Mm -hmm. He keeps referring back to it. He says Messiah will return for you. Jesus has to remain in heaven until all. Israel receives Messiah as a nation, and he will return for his people. Zechariah 12, 13, 14, Romans 11, talk about that. He's coming back for his people, and if you're his sheep, he's coming back for you. That should give us hope, right? So that's the fourth thing. Sins are forgiven, times of refreshing, Messiah's coming. Uh, Oh, no, that's the third thing. The fourth thing is we escape God's wrath, verse 22. He says, Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him and whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed. God's wrath. God's wrath is coming on people if they don't know Messiah and receive him. If they don't listen to him. That's what he's talking about. He's not just talking about listen to the words he say. He's saying Shema, listen, like listen that produces an action. Mm-hmm. You say, I want to trust, like the thief on the cross. He didn't know all the theology Jesus had taught, but he did know he needed him, and he cried out for him. So your sins are forgiven. Times of refreshing may come. Messiah is going to come for you. You escape God's wrath. And finally, in the last verses, he says, you will be blessed to bless others. God's promise to Abraham is fulfilled back in Genesis 12. He said, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. And and that's the last thing. God does not bless us with Jesus as Messiah for us to remain dormant, for us to just remain uh, stationary. We are to be his priest. We are to put him on display. We are to be actively going out and sharing that news with people. That's why it's such a travesty, Taylor, 
that so many people have never told another person about Jesus, and these people call themselves his sheep, mm-hmm. his followers. Yeah. So I don't know. What do yeah. you do with that? <laughs> yeah, what, it, it's um, it's something I think that's probably pretty unique to our culture uh, and really the West in general that there's, uh, you know, so many people who claim to be Christians and don't, don't not only don't uh, tell other people about Christ, but you don't read, don't you know, hardly live it out, but you know, go to church once uh, on Sunday, and I I think that that's probably. Uh, well, I guess that'll be getting into what we're talking about next week, but that's probably because it's been so easy to be a Christian here. You know what I mean? And people haven't really had to count the cost of what it really means to follow Jesus. And, you know, I don't think that's going to be that way for long, but I, I, that's kind of where I get to as far as why we don't here in this country, for the most part, not everybody, but why we don't walk out the faith like it should be, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, uh, you know, follow the commandments and follow what God wills us to do. Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of people, and you heard the message today, right, mm-hmm. at SWAT. Next week on air, we're going to talk about what happens as a result of this message Peter preached. His sheep heard his voice and they responded, but the, the religious leaders rejected and then persecuted and uh, there's something that's revealing about persecution, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. it really, it's kind of like, you know, at football, you know, when you played football, if the coach at the beginning of the year just took you guys out and ran you to death, what does that reveal for the guys who stay? Well, it reveals how in shape you are and how bad you want it. How, yeah, even more how bad you want it, right? Yeah. Because even if you're in shape, do you want to run 40 wind sprints? Mm, no. Nobody I know. I, I, I told you that story, right, about our high school football team, the end of uh, practice uh, in, in one August in Mississippi, we ran 40 wind sprints, mm. man. <laughs> 40 wind sprints. Yep. That's a lot of sprints, yep. dude. That'll do it to that's you. A, that's <laughs> a lot of sprints. Was it during two days, too? Yeah. And we, well, no, I take it back. It, was, it, was, uh, it wasn't. We had finished two a days, we, but we had law. We, we we won our first game, but we didn't win it by what we should have. Oh. <laughs> and he was trying. To, guys were throwing up. It was awful, and uh, it it was to show who really wanted it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about persecution. If we let's say tomorrow everybody in America uh, heard, let's say President Biden passed a law that. It was punishable by death for anybody to proclaim the name of Jesus. I mean, what do you think would happen to the churches in America tomorrow? Shrivel up. Yeah. That, that, it would be very revealing because we live in a country where that's not right now at least a reality. But a lot of countries of the world it is. Yeah. And I think we forget that. Yeah. So anyway, and I think uh, another question to think about too is uh, how many people their life wouldn't be affected at all who call themselves Christians because they don't proclaim the name of Jesus. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we will be back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain that is Chainbreaker by Zach Williams. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 3, verses 12 through 26 this week. Uh, today we're finishing up by focusing on 19 through 26, which is through the end of the chapter. Uh, if you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions about what we've talked about uh, today or this week in general, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's A-S-K, ask at SWATradio.com. Hey, so just as a quick kind of summation of what's going on in Acts three twelve through 26, God calls us to respond to Messiah by, first of all, revealing his indictment of rejection through Peter's preaching. Peter's like a prosecutor. He doesn't act like a defense attorney for the people in the audience. He brings the full weight of their responsibility out and tells them, you chose a murderer over Christ. You chose a murderer over Messiah. But then he tells them, he reminds them of the invitation, and he says, here's what happens when you repent. Your sins are forgiven. A time of refreshing comes. God's kingdoms come. Messiah's returning for you. You escape God's wrath. You will be blessed to bless others. And that's good news. You can't have good news without bad news. You can't have uh, grace without guilt. And we get that backwards. I think we try to give grace before people even know they have a problem. That's one reason I'm really excited about our guest tomorrow. Um, Our guest tomorrow is going to be Ray Comfort uh, during the first segment. And, um, And for those of you who do not know Ray, um, Ray is an amazing evangelist. He's been doing it for a long time. I'm going to play a short clip from him in a minute. Uh, I, I think we got a call. I'm happy to take this call and then we'll hear, I want to share Ray's clip with you. Yeah, I believe we have John on the line. John, how are you doing today? John, you there? Did we lose him? He's Yeah, we're not hearing anything, Steve. 
John? All right. Well, hey, that's okay. Uh, we're going to play. We're going to play. I want to play this clip for Ray. Have you ever heard of Ray Comfort? Yeah. Okay. I mean, other than me. No. I mean, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was about so, to say, you've talked about no, all week. no, no, but uh, you weren't, you don't remember him. He was on a few years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, Ray is, uh, has this message called Hell's Best Kept Secret. So I just want to play a short clip and then, uh, if we have any time, we can react about it. If anybody wants to call, they can call. But I want I want you to hear. This is our guest tomorrow. I really hope you'll tune in because the whole you know topic with Ray is going to be evangelistic preaching and sharing. And Ray has been doing it for a long time. He's some people consider him one of the top ten preachers around just because he's so bold in doing this. So here's Ray Comfort. And hell's best kept secret. Just a little excerpt. What you did was extremely dangerous. There's a twenty-five thousand dollar fine. The law was about to take its course when someone you don't even know stepped in and paid the fine for you. You are very fortunate. Can you see that telling you precisely what you've done wrong first actually makes the good news make sense? If I don't bring clear understanding you violated the law, the good news will seem foolishness, it will seem offensive. But once you understand you've broken that law, then the good news becomes good news indeed. Now, in the same way, if I approach an impenitent sinner, someone whose understanding is darkened, and say, Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, it'll be foolishness to him and offensive to him. Foolishness because it won't make sense. The Bible says that. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. And offensive because I'm insinuating he's a sinner when he doesn't think he is. As far as he's concerned, there are plenty of people far worse than him. But if I take the time to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, it may make more sense. If I take the time to open up the divine law, the Ten Commandments, and show the sinner precisely what he's done wrong, that he has offended God by transgressing his law, then when he becomes, as James says, convinced of the law as a transgressor, the good news of the fine being paid for him will not be foolishness, it will not be offensive, it will be the power of God unto salvation. Now those few thoughts in mind by way of introduction, let's now look at Romans 3 verse 19, And look at some of the functions of God's law for humanity. Romans 3, verse 19. Now we know that whatsoever things the law says, it says to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. So one function of God's law is to stop a sinner's mouth, to stop justifying himself and saying there's plenty of people worse than me, I'm not a bad person. No, the law stops the mouth of justification and leaves the whole world, not just the Jews, but the whole world guilty before God. Next verse. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there should no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. God's law tells us what sin is. 1 John 3, 4 says sin is transgression of the law. Romans 7, verse 7. Paul says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. And then Paul says an amazing statement. He said, no, I had not known sin, but by the law. The apostle Paul says, I didn't know what sin was until the law told me. In Galatians 3.24, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. So another function of God's law is to act as a schoolmaster to bring us to Jesus Christ that we might be justified by faith in his blood. God's law is like a mirror. 
When you and I got up this morning, one of the first things we did was go to the mirror. Why did we do that? We wanted to see what damage had been done during the night. And when we see an outstanding hairstyle, pale face and puffy eyes, we go, whoa, I better clean up before I go public. So we go from the mirror to the water to wash. Well, God's law is like a mirror. When we look into the perfect law of liberty, we should say, whoa, we're all as an unclean thing and all our righteous deeds are as filthy rags. And once we see ourselves in truth, we go from the mirror of the law to the water of the blood of Christ to wash. The law is a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified through faith in his blood. God's law doesn't help us, it just leaves us helpless. It doesn't justify us, it just leaves us guilty before the judgment bar of a holy God. And the tragedy of modern evangelism is that around the turn of the last century, when the church forsook the law and its capacity to drive sinners to Christ, modern evangelism therefore had to find another reason for sinners to respond to the gospel. And the issue that modern evangelism chose to attract sinners was the issue of life enhancement. The gospel degenerated into Jesus Christ will give you peace, joy, love, fulfillment, and lasting happiness. Now to illustrate the unscriptural nature of this very popular teaching, I'd like you to listen very closely to this following anecdote because the essence of what I'm saying pivots on this particular point. So please listen closely. Two men are seated in a plane. The first is given a parachute and told to put it on as it would improve his flight. He's a little skeptical at first as he can't see how wearing a parachute in a plane could possibly improve the flight. After a time, he decides to experiment and see if the claim is true. As he puts it on, he notices the weight upon his shoulders and he finds he has difficulty in sitting upright. However, he consoles himself with the fact he was told the parachute would improve the flight, so he decides to give the thing a little time. As he waits, he notices that some of the other passengers are laughing at him because he's wearing a parachute in a plane. He begins to feel somewhat humiliated. As they begin to point and laugh at him, he can stand it no longer. He slinks in his seat, unstraps the parachute, and throws it to the floor. Disillusionment and bitterness fill his heart because as far as he was concerned, he was told an outright lie. The second man is given a parachute, but listen to what he's told. He's told to put it on because at any moment he'd be jumping 25,000 feet out of the plane. He gratefully puts the parachute on. He doesn't notice the weight of it upon his shoulders, nor that he can't sit upright. His mind is consumed with the thought of what would happen to him if he jumped without that parachute. Now let's analyze the motive and the result of each passenger's experience. The first man's motive for putting the parachute on was solely to improve his flight. The result of his experience was that he was humiliated by the passengers, he was disillusioned and somewhat embittered against those who gave him the parachute. As far as he's concerned, it'll be a long time before anyone gets one of those things on his back again. The second man put the parachute on solely to escape the jump to come. And because of his knowledge of what would happen to him without it, he has a deep-rooted joy and peace in his heart knowing that he's saved from sure death. This knowledge gives him the ability to withstand the mockery of the other passengers. His attitude toward those who gave him the parachute is one of heartfelt gratitude. So what, so what do you think, Taylor? What do you think of that? I mean, have you ever heard that illustration before? No, I haven't. It's a pretty good one, though. Yeah. It, it, that is from Hell's Best Kept Secret. I know that was a long uh, clip, but that's a taste of Ray Comfort. Ray has spent years doing that he publicly preaches on beaches out in california 
Uh, he has gone to New York City and uh, gone to Central Park. He uh, he's he's really he's got a his website's Living Waters. I'll talk more about it tomorrow. But uh, he's got a, a training uh, for evangelism called the Way of the Master. And uh, I really encourage you to listen. But uh, keep in mind that illustration too. I mean, are we putting on Jesus for a comfortable flight? Or for the jump to come. That's a really yeah. good perspective to think about it because we're all doomed without Jesus. Yeah. And that, that is really just to think about it that, that you know, the weight of the parachute and the, the uncomfortable seating position. But if you're thinking that, you know, it's going to make your life better, <laughs> your flight better, that's ludicrous. But if you see it as your salvation from a certain doom, it's it's a much you could care less what about the weight you care you don't care what people say you're yeah. holding on to that parachute yeah. right yeah yeah it really is a good illustration and good reminder so tomorrow ray comfort i hope you'll you'll join us uh should be a, a great program and uh he he does lots of other stuff he's got one thing called evolution evolution versus god it's mm. a an hour i think an hour hour and a half documentary where he interviews ucla usc mm. uh professors and just really decimates them really? with the, the yeah cool. with really good uh questions uh but anyway uh, it's yeah good so stuff. make sure that you tune in tomorrow to hear uh from ray comfort and check out some of his stuff uh by looking at living waters living waters yeah is uh, the name of his yeah living waters all right well that is all the time we have for today you've been listening to swat radio if you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs please visit us at www.swatradio.com that's www.swatradio.com or you can listen to our podcast by searching swat radio you can also download our swat app in the app store join us weekdays at three o'clock for more swat radio we will see you then thanks for tuning in have a nice day If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual